Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. It was me. I pushed Kush. Sorry, what was that? Oh, it was Grey. No, it was me. Okay. Okay, Emma. And I'm the cushion for Emma's pushing. Connor. So what have we got coming up this week, Emma? We have your usual roundup, of course, your hero in Slapping Dan. And we play the match game of love. Oh, but first, here's the jingle. You ain't my mother. Yes, I am. My boy, Shirley. me, Mr. Butcher. Fifty-seven was my nan. Fifty-seven was everyone else. One minute we'll be looking at each other. The next. Rubbing each other's clothes off. Mother always said I could be a star. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night. It's Kush's last week on the square. Well, last night, because him and Whitney are off on the run. And if you were going to go on the run, you didn't want to be found. Mm-hmm. Would you really go to where your mother is currently living and people would probably guess that you were, <laughs> <laughs> you were there? Yeah, Phil's still got Carmel's, like, you know, address down somewhere. We all do that when, you know, you're friends with someone or you know someone. You've always got their, you know, addresses down, their emails. Always have a way of contacting them. Well, Please look, look on Facebook. The amount of them that contact Carmel at the end of the episode. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, Phil could have just went out around with Denise and been like, listen, Denise, either I take Raymond back or you tell me... Uh, exactly where Carmel lives. <laughs> Literally, that's how easy it would have been. And yet, for some strange reason, the only person that Kush is worried about them leaning on is Arthur, a child who Phil would never have heard. Like, Kush is like, we've got to get out of this country before he starts trying to kill Arthur. I'm like, I don't think you know Phil very well, Kush. And also, I don't think Cat would be very happy with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's staying Cat. Sorry, Cat. Had to kill you, you know cousin nephew whatever it is had to kill you your nephew your cousin <laughs> your nephew slash your cousin this what week is- really showed me how convoluted how convoluted the love lang- lines are in this like, well if you think about it kush was is arthur's dad yeah and cat was going out with kush if they got married then not only would they be cousins <laughs> but she would also be stepmom <laughs> <laughs> That Ruby, that Ruby is the voice of reason here. Yes, you heard it here, folks. You heard it. I don't know who I'm talking to. <laughs> heard it here, folks. <laughs> it is Ruby who says, this doesn't feel right. Well, flipping heck, who gave her a conscience all of a sudden? <laughs> you know what's weird is she's decided now to gain a conscience after she was the one that tried to send them to Dubai in the first place. That- she was really trying to, like, export, like, Arthur away from Stacey to Spider. And meanwhile, Martin's packing his bag. Off you go, son. He had no Martin. Can't wait to get rid of him. He <laughs> said, I really liked him anyway. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you know, behind, behind his back to Ruby, he's like, it's all right. It's all right. There wasn't enough room here anyway. And I was just thinking, how are we going to deal with the whole thing when they start getting older? We don't have enough rooms here. It's just better if he goes. Like... <laughs> Carmel has a pool. It's all good. Yeah, Carmel has a pool. Well, yes, but I don't know that that's going to replace his sister's his mom, his grandmother. <laughs> I love the whole reference. It was like, and she's got a pool. <laughs> Don't you worry, Arthur. Your life might be in ruins, but 
Grandma Carmel's got a pool. <laughs> it was like that. Did you know, you know, when they got to Dubai, right? It was literally the happiest I'd seen Arthur in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, you know when Kush promises that he'll make Wit happy every single day? I think he'd probably said the same thing to Arthur. He was like, I promise Arthur to make you happy every single day by swimming in the pool with you. <laughs> Because like we all know what's going to keep Wit happy. It's takeaways. We're going to move your whole life <laughs> yeah. over uh, overnight. Never see your mom again. Literally overnight. You'll never see um, Daddy Martin again. You'll never see your mom again. You never see your sisters again. But remember, don't you worry, because we've got the one thing that you want: a pool. Exactly. That'll make everything better. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur saying bye to his sisters probably would be a really poignant moment. No, we don't get that, guys. We get the most beautiful, romantic, homoerotic farewell <laughs> from two of the most handsome men on the square. <laughs> it's mush. Oh, this was so sad. It was sadder than Whitney's like aftermath, like of this death. <laughs> I felt so much for this scene. I was like, oh Martin. Now we understand you. You never truly loved Stace. It makes sense now. You loved Cush. <laughs> it's always been Cush. It's always been Cush. I loved it. I loved That's it. That's why I, Ruby wanted him away. <laughs> I feel like we needed like a Professor Snape like Patronus moment where Martin just goes expecto Patronum, and his Patronus is the same as Cush's, and then he goes after all this time. Always, yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was just so sad. It was awful. <laughs> it was where it was like the best mate. Oh, the best mate that could have ever hoped for. I mean, I would hope for a little bit back because, like, you did stick with your wife. Like, so. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being <laughs> I mean, come on, I would hope that when I say, you know, Emma's my best friend, I'm saying that sincerely. And like, you know, she hasn't wronged me in the past by like sleeping with my partner. (laughs) 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 I loved it though as well, because Arthur even made a point of like saying that he wanted Daddy Martin to come with him. And it was just devastating. This whole scene was horrible. You know what? I know that there was some wrongs in there. Like, Stacey and Kush kept the whole Arthur thing quiet. Their little family <laughs> unit was just... It was just so lovely to see. And they were just all there for Arthur now. I think I think EastEnders missed a treat on a polyamorous relationship, if you ask me. <laughs> if you ask me, they missed a treat there. <laughs> we all know Martin would have liked that. <laughs> Oh, Martin would have liked a bit of Kush. He would, he would have loved loved a bit of Kush. <laughs> but a cushion for the pushing. <laughs> well, whilst everyone's crying and saying their farewells, Gray's getting the third degree by Phil, who seems to have taken over the police department because he's just walking around like he owns it. Yeah, even, <laughs> he like puts the code in the door, off he goes, yes. wanders around, gets a drink. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've been here so many times I should have keys to the place Oh wait, I do <laughs> And I like this moment Because this moment is very important Phil Specifically agrees With what Ben says Makes a point of saying Ben is right They don't want Kush dead They just want him to retract his statement 
or for greater find legal loopholes. If the Mitchells killed Kush, I think we said this last week. Mm. Of the well, obviously you wouldn't kill them because they'll yeah, see in custody. But like, if they ordered any hits or whatever, yes, it would backfire on them because he was the one that grasped them up in court. Therefore, then that exactly. would, it, the obvious people you go to is them. Yeah, you wouldn't even need Kush's witness testimony now because you'd be like, well, it's funny because he was just testifying against them and then suddenly he's dead. They would know, and Phil and Ben are smart. They've been around this block a few times. They know that actually violence in this case is not going to be their answer. And it was quite an evolution for Phil because old Phil would have been like, kill him! Like, you know, let's just get him, get rid of him. He actually thinks a bit more. And like, in this, this case, I think like, it's important that people don't disregard that. That's clearly like a development in in his like intelligence and his kind of like maybe his compassion. We don't know what his like real motivations behind all this was. Could have been because of the closeness that Kat and Kush had that Phil was like maybe not murder him. But it could also be that rightly so he's like no because if he dies then we're gonna look look guilty. I think that Gray got very angry at being told what to do by the Mitchells, and I think that later on it becomes quite clear that all of this he's now going to try and pin on them because now he wants to take them down, which will never happen. No. It's more likely he'll die, Grey. <laughs> like, <laughs> they've killed quite a few people now. He thinks that if he kills Kush, then he can now pin it all on them because how dare they tell him how to do his job? How dare they tell him? Yeah. How, to, how dare they stand up to him and make him feel weak and inferior? You know, like how yeah. he tries to make other people feel, in particular women. Yeah, you're definitely right. He hates, hates being belittled or emasculated in any way. And it pours out of him, this rage, doesn't it? You see it, he goes home, he's drinking, drinking heavily. Like... You know, he's just sitting there stewing and stewing and stewing. He phones up Whitney, starts getting even more agitated when he realises that Whitney's leaving the square with Kush and is lying to him on the phone about where she's going. I was really confused when Whitney was on the phone going, I'm off to bed, Gray, and then she was outside with all the sirens. <laughs> I was thinking that too. I was like, we're not really being subtle about it though, Whit, because you're literally sitting in front of his house and shouting quite loudly. <laughs> I'm off to bed now, Gray, good night. Right, let's go, kids. <laughs> And the winds. Yeah, you can hear the, the sirens. <laughs> What's that? What's that sound? Wait. Oh, sorry, I just got my window open. It's very hot nights, yeah. Sonia's got the thermostat up crazy. <laughs> so off they go. Martin can't bear to go with them. Just can't stand goodbyes. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, it's sadder when Doctor Who flipping dies or something, isn't it? You know, like whenever he says goodbye to his like, companions, it's always yeah. really sad. Like, it felt like that moment with this. It was like, I hate goodbyes. You're the best thing I've ever heard. Whitney is quick to reassure Martin. She says, don't worry, we'll look after him. Referring to Arthur. Yes, you may look after his physical needs. You may even look after some of his emotional needs. But what about the more complex issues that are going to be faced for him? Like, he's going to be facing things like never seeing his siblings again, never seeing his mother again. And before she has the goal to then say, well, it won't be forever. Well, later on, Kush confirms that they're not coming back. <laughs> what is all of this garbage about when things calm down, 
But things come down. You're just stealing, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't sit here and be silent, Emma. I cannot. I will not hold my tongue any longer. I feel like I'm pushed on the stand. You know, it's like I was leaned on. <laughs> Your Honour, I have something very important to say. Whitney and Cush are barefaced liars. They're stealing a child and are robbing Stacey of her time with her son. Justice for Stacey. Justice, Justice for, for Stacey. Stacey. I'm sick of people doing her wrong. I know. I'm furious. Why didn't Cush just say something to Ruby or to Martin about <laughs> what Ruby did? <laughs> the fact that that hasn't happened. I love... We, we were so upset about Cush dying. We are like, obviously... No spoiler alert. It's happened. Yeah, it's fine. Everyone knows. We'll get onto it later, though. But we were so upset and we were like, no, I can't believe he's been killed off. Ah. And then <laughs> we both were like, and you didn't tell Martin about Ruby. <laughs> I cannot believe that they didn't even just tell Martin the truth. I love that that's where our minds go to. <laughs> Listen, we're Stacey lovers. Yeah, everyone knows that. Um, we won't have her wronged. No. Uh, it's absolutely outrageous that she's got a jail for crime she didn't commit. Yeah, gosh, is on the run. <laughs> well, he didn't run far. Well, true. We are introduced to what we love the most, a brand new set. Oh, my God. Did this set not look amazing? Like, it actually Yeah, it did so look fun. really good. What I love is that, like, um, and I will mention the CCTV, it's just that this station was completely empty how now wait you know for a bit i lived in london yeah i was up a ridiculous episode there was an an award show i came home at like one o'clock two o'clock in the morning interning at the chris miles show i was up at like four half four all those times yeah dodge times busy they were there a quarter to 12 at night no one yeah i've been there and seen theater shows i've been out on nights out down in London. I've literally gotten into London at like, you know, like around the same time, 10, 11. And there's still people on the tube. There's still people around. At that so the time, idea, I was like, it wouldn't be packed. No, but it would have people. People. There would be people. Even there the, would be people. Like, the train that goes by doesn't have anyone on either. <laughs> if you've just gone out for a tipple and not too much drink, then you might get that last train home. Also, I find it very, very disgusting. The amount of rubbish... That was left on that platform. Yeah. Did you see the litter? Poor Arthur was stood in the middle of all that litter. I was like, that's... I know, it's just sat chilling. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Whitney's just staring at a rat or a mouse because it's just staring at it. I'm like, well, maybe this is the time you go, yeah, this is probably a bad idea. This looks like a really creepy set, doesn't it? So maybe we're going to get killed or something. <laughs> well, even, we even Whitney, because Arthur needs a toilet and rather than like... Them all just move from the platform or Cush takes them. Whitney's terrified of being left with those bags. Like He's just I, terrified, Emma. Terrified of those bags. What is in those God bags? God knows what will happen. <laughs> what if someone thinks they're not her bags? <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, what is that reaction where she's like, you can't leave me here with these bags. It's creepy. <laughs> so she takes off at the toilet. Why didn't they all just go? Uh-huh. I don't, that's the bit I don't understand. Because I'm in a state of shock. Why what's is Cush the like, point oh. of, what is the point of Cush staying there with the bags <laughs> When What's he going to do? Stop the train. Uh-huh. That's all I could think of. I was like, it's such as going to wait for Whitney to come back down. Yeah, they might as well just all go where they can all feel a bit safer. Exactly. And also, it's just weird. the bit where that 
the bit that's confusing me is the train obviously comes past because that's how it ends. Yeah. But Whitney and Arthur are still aren't there. So yeah, like, they're not there anyway. They missed the train Doesn't anyway. They missed the train. <laughs> so the whole premise of Cush staying there pointless. was pointless and irrelevant. It makes no sense. <laughs> but we love EastEnders because we just love it. And so we will give it the... The benefit of A20. <laughs> yes. Not the benefit of the doubt, the benefit of A20, because we love a good ridiculousness. We we like to justify the ridiculousness. Also, that train didn't stop at the platform. It just kept going. Yeah, it just drove past. What if Grey wanted to board? Because <laughs> <laughs> he was technically on the platform. It was. I love how the driver never noticed him and all that. Oh, there was no, no was one on not, that, that train. Was it not one of those driverless ones? Was it? Like the I kind don't of like. Drive us at the other end. It could, yeah, it could just be one of those ones, you know, like the modern technology ones. Wait, actual driverless. I'm sure there is, unless I've I'm made that up. House. I love that. <laughs> I was in the future. She's like, type of punk era. She's like, yeah, driverless trains. You can get your augmented arms. Like, now I can lift 500 tons. <laughs> what I've just gave away is I'm from the future. Uh oh. Yeah, I was actually a time traveling cyborg. She's like, just like, wait until you hear about hovercars. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys hear about how you can fly, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Google it. Uh-huh. 2014, yes. I must have done our research as usual, guys. On air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always doing my research I love on it. I love when I'm really it. prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Unions take aim at driverless tube plan. Oh, I don't oh, think so they have started. <laughs> Emma's from the future, guys. <laughs> Emma's like, yeah, driverless trains are the thing. The unions could get stuffed. Like, uh, they lose the war. <laughs> Do I have driverless trains win? I knew I'd heard about them. I just... Wait until you hear about the driverless train apocalypse, guys. <laughs> That's something else. I'd Technology is scary. I'd heard of them, and maybe they're abroad. Driverless cars and stuff were like becoming yeah. a thing, weren't they? So like, maybe it is just still a, like a thing abroad. But maybe. maybe in my head, in my head, I maybe just thought, oh, they're they're a thing now. Sometimes, like maybe you've seen like the front of it empty, but like the back of it's actually got the driver in. Well, why would you be driving from the back? I don't understand that either. Do they have cameras? I'm confused. What would be the point of driving from the back? I swear some drivers have done that. That's weird. Maybe I've now invented a new thing. Maybe I'm from the past. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just pretending now. We're like, yeah, no, um, we're definitely from this era. <laughs> well, I love how we're like actually conspiracy theorists. We've just started a conspiracy there. <laughs> Driverless trains, eh? <laughs> we know they're a real thing. You can't lie to us. <laughs> See, Connor, it really is um, from, like, 1882, and I am from, like, 3,024. Yeah, Emma doesn't have a lantern anymore, guys. She has a hallucinogenic, like, you know, orb that just follows her around. I am literally a robot now. (laughs) Emma produces the light. She no longer needs a lantern. (laughs) (laughs) Where Connor's still trying to come to terms with lanterns. I'm just so far ahead. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out fire. <laughs> and, um, back on track. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so 
sorry. It was so funny. <laughs> Bad I just, joke. I have to say, right, that this whole scene in the train station with Wit and Cush really does just fulfill their entire relationship so far. He's concerned she's got cold feet. And I was like, well, anyone would. You've literally just gotten married like a, in a fake relationship, like a fake ceremony five days ago. So didn't get married, but so of us still getting married. You're engaged somehow. And are fleeing the country. Who wouldn't get, like, cold feet? But also, Kush then makes a point of saying to Whip, before she leaves, before she abandons him on that, that lonely, lonely, empty, empty tube station platform, he makes a point of saying to her, I'm going to make you so happy every day of your life. And I just thought, he's going to get a takeaway every single day. <laughs> Every single day he's going to bring her a different takeaway. We all know it. You know what I was thinking? That maybe they would get a takeaway for the road. Oh, that's so sad that they didn't. Like they were just eating chips or something out of a bag. That was a missed opportunity there. Maybe the bag could have fell as grey appeared. That would have just been so good. (laughs) That would have been so dramatic. Speaking of grey appearing, well, the creepy music started, so he must be around the corner. It's grey, everyone. (laughs) Right, before we start slagging off the creepy music, all I'm going to say is, sometimes these Senna's soundboard works, sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't work here for me. It didn't, no. Do you know what, I don't know what it is. It reminded me of other things that I've seen, and I didn't like it in them, and I don't. I didn't like it here. You don't need to have ooh, creepy music on just because Kush and Grey are about to face off. I preferred the foreshadowing. Of him yeah. saying he'll make her happy for the rest of his life. Yeah. Danger of death being in the background. I prefer Very that. clever foreshadowing. We had Cush's foreshadowing of, you know, at Christmas, not being the one sat down. We had foreshadowing of, like, Whitney saying he's just a good man. He always tries to do the, the right thing earlier, which obviously we know that that is what, what ends his life, essentially. And... I think with me, when you've got those clever moments, you don't need that music. It just kind of makes it hammy and not... It it just takes away from the situation, I think. And also, I always feel like the music never fits his standards. I don't walk around the street to... And I feel like the driverless train takes me places. Maybe in the future that's how they live. Like, if so, if it was like a bad day for me, I wouldn't have. Like you know, something like that behind us. That music to like show. Yeah, like that. There's a level of believability that comes with soul. We can knock off our disbelief a little bit. Like, for instance, CCTV, camera's not working. We can forgive those things because it's EastEnders. And yeah. I think, like, the things that we can't forgive, though, are, like, the soundboards, like, when it's, like, I really like, like um, subtle music. Like, you know, if you're mm. in the Vic and you've got a certain song on or in the calf with a certain song on. Yes. But the song relates to a scene. Or yes. relates to a couple and they kind of hint like they're going to split up, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Power of Love for Linda and um, like Max and Grey and... Uh, no, Max and... Um, oh, <laughs> there's a new one. one. <laughs> <laughs> I just made a new ship, guys. Um, <laughs> Hashtag Linda, me. Like, Linda, Max and, um, and for Mick, where like it was like the Power of Love was in the background. Very subtle, very nice. Um 
and they did it again with like you know they've done it with like rhythmics and stuff they've had that little bit of respect as uh, you know uh, give a little respect you know that's all you raise they've always had that in the background when it comes to like <laughs> moments where people are being disrespectful or you know it's like they do it cleverly me now I can't dawdle on this topic for any longer we have to face face that final curtain I suppose I know we would just we're just padding it out so we don't have to we talk are. about it we are like that meme of Gemma Collins I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about it yeah, me and I literally, we worship Kush. Like, if you've followed us since the beginning, um, and I'm sure a few of you have, like, if you haven't, hello, welcome to this madhouse that we call East Bunny. <laughs> um, if you followed us, you would know how much we do love Kush and we do love Martin. Like, yes, we rant about them every now and again. We still love them. It's out and of love. I, I can never, ever forget that scene of that man with that pumpkin. Oh, I know. That was something else, wasn't it, guys? Yeah. Something else. We'll never get that again. No. And you know what I thought was going to happen is because obviously he tells Grey that he's obsessed with Whitney and like it's like it's not okay. And yeah, yeah. They have a bit of a tussle, and um, Grey falls on the lines. The train starts coming, but Whitney's still not there, and neither's Arthur. <laughs> and it's weird that they are still not here. I think we both said we thought this would happen. Yeah. Um, that when Grey took Kush's hand, he would pull him down. Yes. And then technically, I would say that Kush was dying like a hero. He was trying to save Grey. Kush is still seeing the right thing. Like, he's still thinking, I need to save this man. And then oh. he dies like a fallen hero because Grey's evil. And yeah, Grey's won. Yeah. Evil's triumph kind of thing. I thought but they might Kush go for still that. went out doing what he, sh- he should always try and do, which is what he thinks is right. Like, yeah, like that's very in character. Um, but instead, he does actually get Grey back on the platform. I was like, oh, he's fine. Maybe we've all just, you know. Maybe he's getting on that train after all. <laughs> yeah, maybe we're all just overreacted. And then, I don't want to say it. <laughs> I don't want to say it, Connor. I don't want to say it. It's- all right, Emma. I can do it if you want. <laughs> well, Grey, you can see the cogs are turned for just a second, and he realizes this is the perfect opportunity. And as soon as he's on that floor, he gets up and he just turns around and throws Kush onto the lines. I think everyone had a collective like, because <gasps> like even sick. though we knew, yeah, we all knew he was going to bite the dust, didn't we? We all kind of had grasped that that he was going to go out. But I have him go out in such a brutal mm. and ruthless way. I was um, I was shocked at how strong Grey was that he managed, because uh, Kush is a muscly yeah, man. That's another that's another thing we have to discuss. Yeah, he managed to get him flying in the air. Didn't he? He was like, <laughs> hey man! And just like threw <laughs> Kush across the room. I was like, is he possessed? You know what like, he had? He's had his what? sweet corn, he's the jolly... Oh, he's the jolly green giant, <laughs> am I right? giant! <laughs> <laughs> Someone's been eating this week. He has. He's had a spinach. He's had a spinach. He's done a Popeye. Yeah, honestly, I was just like, what has happened? Grace actually finally gained the power of Grayskull. The world is over. Like, you know what? Hey, man, like, he's got that magic sword. He just goes, by the power of Grayskull. Like that. And then turns into a big buff giant. Like, Grace suddenly become like Superman. Like, he was just like, Hua! and just like threw Kush across the room. I was like, what the heck? So it's the aftermath, guys. And um, as me and Emma have just displayed, I think, like, 
we are very conflicted on this ourselves and we kind of still haven't wrapped our heads around the death of Kush as a character and what that means for stories going forward. But other people on the square are really struggling. Wit is catatonic. I think it showed Kush was known by everyone on that square and he he did have a heart of gold because people were just talking about how he was just wanting to show love and stuff like that and i love that so many characters got integrated into it so you got to see the yeah. you got to see proper aftermath oh my god cat scene yes that one really got me denise denise martin oh, oh. now there's that sad eastenders bringing grief to absolutely every single person who cush touched mm-hmm. up until he left almost like Everyone else, like, was kind of incorporated into that. Like you say, Emma, like, we had Son looked down and looked, was really emotional. And, you know, she was obviously coming from a place of concern for Whitney as well. But, like, you could see that it impacted her. Like, she was, she knew Kush. She was a neighbour, a friend. And the same for, for, for Martin. Obviously, he was devastated. Like, absolutely devastated. And even Tiff, to, like, a lesser degree, was, was down. Kim was down. Like... You know, it's all these little bits as well that really made it feel more like a real life death. Mm -hmm. Because anyone who's gone through grief knows that someone dying, it's not just a loss for you. It's a loss for everyone else around them, like everyone who's in their life. Um, And they did that quite well, actually. Mind you, it was a bit weird that Kim, like, just got chatting to Keegan and then came... (laughs) You know, like, Denise just, like, sat talking about customers and said, oh, Denise, you need to sit down for this. We're going to have to have a conversation, like, maybe without Lola. Like, no, Kim just decides to, to tell Denise that, like, her ex-boyfriend, ex-lover, like, you know, she's really close to him. I could imagine that she would have got married to him at one point yeah. if things had gone differently. No, no. She can just hear straight, straight on the, the shop floor. Like, it was a bit weird, Kim, but... Love you, so I can I can give you the benefit of the doubt there. I kind of also loved Mick. Yes, I did like when he brought the was it a tankard? Yeah, the tankard. Tankard. I I'm sorry, I don't I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know what so, they are. Yeah, jug. <laughs> <laughs> I put that. I put tankard in brackets jug just in case I spelled it wrong. Um, <laughs> I was saying it wrong. I I, I don't know what it was. Beerstein. You know, like the, the German one. <laughs> yeah. It's got the lid on. <laughs> like, uh, I was like, has that always been a thing? Have I missed that? Uh, yes. Um, he got it, I think it was from Martin on his birthday on his years birthday. ago. Yeah, it was like peak Martin and Cush times. Cush, like Cush time. When they were first on the square together and all that. Yeah, it was all very oh, lovely. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love those it, times. It was kind of like familiar, but then I was also a bit like, Am I making this up in my head? Is this real? Is this thing that he's just bought now? I started to get like a bit worried because like we don't regularly see him drinking out of it anymore. Like it was, I was like, is this thing like? Thank you for clarifying. So, <laughs> so Gray is wandering around the square, and he bumps into Callum, and he bumps into Keegan. Like, why is no one going? Why is this man wandering around asking questions about Kush's death constantly to different people? Like it's. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, he is very, he's hardly subtle. What happened again? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and how, how, how did anyone see, were the CCTV cameras in operation or 
or did Ruby look after them and say they were dummies? You know. Yeah. And we find out from Callum that um, the press release says that it was an accident. Kush got hit by train. Um, so, but he's he's like, nah. No, I love how close that case is. It's like, yeah. well, that's it. Hit by a train. Like, literally, never bother to check any of the other CCTV footage of the station. No. Not just the platform, guys. Like, they, if they checked the CCTV footage elsewhere, they would have seen Grey skulking round. <laughs> it's Walford Police, and we know how great they are at their jobs. So I think the one who was on Ruby's case must be on this one or something because she doesn't really care for evidence she's just like all right what what, yeah. what did you say right i'm gonna go with that yeah that's, that's fine. the story like, she's just i love that two days out it's like that's it case is closed uh-huh. aren't there normally like week-long investigations into this sort of thing no cctv at all it's been vandalized it's all gone all Every last one gone <laughs> i mean it constantly said everywhere cctv in operation wouldn't you really go to that station if you knew there was no cctv no thank you no wonder whitney didn't want to be left alone with the bags yeah, she's like, she's like, she's like hey i've analyzed those cameras months ago. <laughs> it was probably ruby I just in was case just plotting out revenge <laughs> she's planning the next one well it seems like gray's off the hook he's quite eager to go around and see whitney isn't he so you got to go around and celebrate with her but she's just lost her husband to be grace so i don't think she's gonna be you know too Happy to see anyone, let alone someone working for the Mitchells. He walked in so cheery. Like, yeah, he was like, hey, wait, want to come look after the kids now? <laughs> I've got you a takeaway. <laughs> I mean, if he'd come in with a takeaway, that would have been fine. <laughs> but the problem was, was that he came in, guns are blazing, with just a blooming card from them kids. And Wit doesn't care about that. <laughs> Wit only wants a takeaway. <laughs> the fear in his eyes, though, when she said, you killed him. Yes. <gasps> it was like, oh. <laughs> well. You've got the CCTV? I love, <laughs> love this bit where Whitney crazily starts, where she was like, you got in the bed with them. So did Cushwit. Are we forgetting that? It was his deal. And then she was like, you took that dirty money. Yeah, so did Cushwit. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he was going to jail. That's why you were running. <laughs> But what I do love, right, is that Whitney's agony did show in this scene. Like, they do it really well to show just how irrational she is, how how angry she is. She hates the Mitchells. She hates Callum. She hates Grey. She hates anyone connected to them because they should have been planning their wedding. And I was a bit like, well, technically, this would still be on the run. But, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, and she banishes Grey. So even in this, his plan is foiled, essentially. He thinks, damn, I've kind of maybe stepped in it. Yeah, like this is the wrong thing to have done because now I've driven up further away. Well, I wish I could have said that that would be the end of it for Grey. But being the poison little snake that he is, he slithers into the Mitchell's home and spreads a little poison, tells Callum that Whitney blames him. I mean, she probably does, but... She never did say that, did she, Grey? I like how you've added that in, acted in there. (laughs) Left out the bit where she blamed you. You know what it reminds me of? It's like when we get a quote and we just change it completely. Yeah, we like (laughs) work with it. And we just think we're right. 
<laughs> well, I want to just say this, right? I've had a phone call from our friend, the Irishman, um, and he said that he's seen the videos, so is Frankie, and he is certain that that was no accident, that Grey was the one who killed Kush. So I don't know what these police are flipping on, <laughs> not being able to take this evidence and run with it. Uh, justice for Kush, justice for Stacey. The police have let them down. Walford, they have, they're terrible. Walford police are just terrible. You know who's getting a slapping down again? <laughs> yeah, Walford police. <laughs> or the station. <laughs> station management. Don't worry, I think it's pretty obvious who's getting a slapping down this week, guys. Yeah, I think it's obvious. <laughs> um, They've had a lucky escape, all right? <laughs> yeah, they had one lucky escape, they won't get another. Um... And then we get this lovely moment with Martin and Whitney. Of, of anything, actually, that's one really beautiful thing that's come out of this whole thing. We get to explore, again, like, obviously, I kind of, there is that kind of conflict in me that's a bit like, yeah, but Whitney and Kush weren't, like, you know, Romeo and Juliet. Like, yeah. they've literally been together since February. I'm thinking, but, I'm thinking does her sadness also come from this was her chance to go to away, be yes. happy, have the love of her life and, well, what she thinks is the love of her life. And because yeah. she's had so many bad times and this was her chance yeah. to start afresh. And I, I wonder if that's where so, a lot of the sadness also comes yeah, from. Yeah, it does. It does, Emma, you're right. And it's also like Whitney has never grown up. She is, and it's really sad, like as a viewer, as... And it's real. It's very real. She did struggle to find those happy moments. She does kind of fall in love too quickly because she's so eager for that happy ending, that fairy tale running off into the sunset. And even this, it was like it was like they were going to run off together and live a happy life. You're going to be on the run for for the rest of your lives from gangsters. You're going to bring chaos to Stacey and like the Slater's lives, which undoubtedly would then bring chaos and anger towards you. It's like. There was never going to be happiness for years. Stacey would have come out of jail and demanded Arthur back. Like, you know, Kush wouldn't have a leg to stand on because he would be wanted by the police for skipping on the, the criminal charges because he obviously wasn't going to come back and testify. But she deserves to be with someone who loves her. That's what Whitney has shown me like this week. I really and- feel for Stacey. Yeah. She's been put in prison for something she didn't do, eh? She's now, she knows her, the father of her child has died and she can't do anything to help her family right now. Yeah. And also yeah. she'll be grieving because they were quite close. I did like seeing Martin and Whitney go through all those photo albums. and oh, It was so sad when, so when uh, Martin was saying how him and Kush had planned like... All the milestones. Oh, the milestones were awful. I mean, I did laugh a bit because he was like, yeah, I was going to I was gonna be the one who taught him how to drive. And I was like, um, Martin, how many people have you run over? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I was be like, should you be the one driving? Like, maybe you stick with the, well, I was going to say relationships, but then I thought, yeah, he's had a few divorces as yeah, well, so probably no. not that either. I don't know. Kush was probably the best dad to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I did love as well that in all of it. Stacey was not involved in any of the milestones. It was just Martin and, and Kush. It was a romance for the ages. They were in love, as, as Little Mo would say. They were in love. It was a romance. <laughs> I said, what you, Little Mo? Also, did you notice like the big shrine above Whitney of past characters? Yeah, what was that? <laughs> what was that about? Then they get a call from Carmel and... Oh. Um, 
she's naturally distraught not wanting to come home and wanting yeah. her son brought to her. Martin says, well, we'll have a memorial on the square because it's only right that all of his yeah, friends of and that and and everyone on the square could be involved as well. And that means they can respect him, remember him yeah. in both places. Of course his mother's going to want him there and she's had such a bad yeah. experience on the square. Look at what happened to Shaki. She's not going to come back. I don't get why Whitney doesn't go, okay, then... We'll still do something here, but we'll go over yeah. to Dubai. I mean, you were on your way there anyway, Wit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm sure you can go over. Yeah, and actually it might help. It's not like Carmel went, no, Whitney. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't worry, Emma, because Whitney's not going to blame Carmel for this. This isn't Carmel's fault. The only person to blame is the Mitchells. They're taking Cush's body. Whitney, you're, you're acting irrational, love. Love it, but you're acting irrational. Well, Grey, clearly, it could only be Grey. I mean, he's literally outside <laughs> the door in the next scene. Post a card through the door. It says it's from Callum and Ben. There's no way it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no way. That he's literally stood outside in the next scene. Yeah, I'm sorry. There is no way that that card is from... It, that it's from Callum. Also, did he write Callum Highway in the card? It looked like he did. It, it looked really like it didn't look like Callum. No, you know when people do their signatures when they're celebrity, that's what it looked like. <laughs> it's like saying, "There you go." <laughs> <laughs> like it looked so fake. I am sorry. Even Callum is not daft enough to be like instead of hand delivering a something, I'll you know just post a card. Clearly, after Grey had said, you probably should stay away from her because she's not feeling too good about the Mitchells right now, Callum would have taken that on on board. He wouldn't have been like, right, I'll write her a card. That's clearly not Callum's mentality. And like you say, Grey simply stood outside. (laughs) It's not even subtle about it. No. (laughs) I mean, that card, though, it pushes Whitney over the edge. She hates cards. She hates cards. Her them, and she hates blue ink as well. <laughs> <laughs> she hates cards. She hates bags. <laughs> she hates the name Ben. Oh, I love when she did that when she's all bad. She's like, ah. like squished down on it. If it's not a takeaway, she's not having it. That's what Callum should have said. That's what they should have said. Takeaway in a hamper. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, they solve all problems. I mean, you know when Sonia was like, I just don't know how to help the kid. I was like, just just order this as a, an emergency. Yeah, son. <laughs> this is an emergency. Get on Uber Eats. Order a Mackey Days. Stat. <laughs> Try more chicken nuggets, please. Stat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could do with that. Me too. I'm flipping starving. I'm sick of dieting. <laughs> I know. Oh. Just for the wedding. Just for the wedding. Just for the wedding. That's just what I keep saying. <laughs> So Whitney, in her time of pain and agony and utter genius, thinks the best way to honour a man who lost his brother to knife crime is to take up a knife and stab to death a guy who she thinks murdered him but has no proof of murdering him. And also remember, she also killed Leo by accident with a knife in the kitchen and we know what that done to her. Yeah, she's not thinking rationally. This is why me and Emma are very much thinking she needs time away from the square. She needs time to process this grief process other problems in her life as well and then come back she needs to find a level of happiness and knife crime is never the answer no one should threaten anyone with a knife so gray talks her down which and was shocking wasn't it 
Well, this is where it, it comes to the theory I had earlier that this is where he wants revenge on the Mitchells himself because they they belittled him. They made yeah, him, made him feel small. Yeah. So he's like, we'll do it my way. We'll work together and we'll take the Mitchells down. Well, this has now spawned a few theories, Emma, of mine, because we love a good crackpot oh, theory. We like a theory. Now, we we kind of have a theory that, you know, everyone on Twitter Space has a theory that they're going to screw up the Mitchell wedding. They may, but I'm thinking long-term now. I'm thinking, how is Grey's story going to come to an end? Christmas! Now, <laughs> I think Christmas, it's got to be Christmas, isn't it? That's got to be the big Christmas storyline. I mean, there's not enough people for him to kill left on the square, so it's got to be Christmas. Um, but I'm thinking, there's two ways this could go down. One... I'll be really happy with. The other, not so happy. So, the first theory. Callum begins investigating the the whole disappearance of Tina, the strange death of Kush, the mysterious death of Chantel. He starts doing actual police work. And, Would that and make sense? Because he is currently thinking this isn't right and we're seeing Grey talk to him a lot. Yes. Makes sense because he's been involved with the Mitchells all of a sudden Grey has. Yep, so Callum's going to definitely be part. Yeah, and I think Callum, bless him, is probably going to get capt- captured or attacked by Grey and he's going to be held somewhere. That's what I honestly think. The poor boy can't go through it again. Honestly, he's going to end up in that warehouse again. He didn't go to the toilet for months. Do you remember that? Months he didn't go to the toilet. (laughs) Um, I think Whitney may be the one to figure out what Grey has done and save Callum and defeat Grey. Whether that's getting him arrested or whether that's actually killing him, I lean more towards killing him. Because I feel like she will do it in a way of self-defence again, so then our story kind of comes full circle with Leo. I want Whitney to be the one to find out Grey. Yeah, I think she is. Whatever happens, she will be the one who ends Grey. It needs to be a woman. Yeah, it has to be, because this is the other theory that I had, that it's more my nervous theory than theory that I have of, oh, I hope they don't go down this route, which is Whitney sees Grey for who he is or finds out what he's done, and she's the one who goes missing. He holds her captive somewhere. Again, not again. Poor I know, girl. not again. And she had a lovely B&B last true, time. True, true. Michaela knew exactly how to splash out, didn't she? She did. Like, if that happens, I think then the only person who would come and save her would be Callum. Now, if that does happen, I think that would be a big mistake. Yes, it might be nice for their characters together, but as the storyline, I think it's the wrong message. It has to be a woman in a, a taken back some power from Grey. That is absolutely how this has to end. This week's slapping Dan goes to Grey because he killed Kush and we are so upset and angry. So upset, in fact. And I'm going to get on the phone and I'm going to order myself a takeaway. Damn the diet! Ooh, which one? Our hero this week is Martin. He's done a lot of wrong. He's done a lot of wrong. He's wronged me and Emma quite a bit, but <laughs> me and Emma, we can't hide the sadness. 
and the loss. And he also brought with some of the most beautiful scenes, like when he was going, Daddy, Kush, and Daddy Mom. Oh, God, don't. And talking about the milestones that never will be. Oh, no. Oh. I mean, now Paul Arthur's going to have to go to Martin for relationship advice. I just love their friendship. Dun, 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 dun. As Martin is our hero of the week, we will be rating out of Martins. And we're going to give this week five Martins. Wow! I mean, when they get a five of anything from us, Emma, that's a big moment. Oh, it is. I mean, we did want to knock it down for the fact that they killed Kush, but... Um, we did just deliberate that for a bit. <laughs> yeah, we had, to, we had to discuss that for a bit. Uh, We're just still you know, very we upset. We had to put our bias aside. <laughs> and everything, like, I know we, we've talked about other things that we were, like didn't really like, like music-wise, and but I actually have to say... They are just niggly points. They're not like massive bad points. Everything else was so right. Really appreciated that they built that entire set. It looked fantastic. Really appreciate the emotion from like Shona and from, you know, Natalie and um, James. Like James was out of this world emotional. Mm. And then like, you know, like everyone else, like even like when we saw like Mick and Denise and stuff, like, Everyone else was just fantastic as well, conveying it. I think, firstly, out of respect for Kush, it had to be a five. We miss you. You are a fallen hunk. And I loved that we got to see aftermath of these characters who had been with Kush for so many years, like Martin, his best friend, and we we felt their pain. And, like, going to Denise, seeing Kat, you know, that's what I wanted to see and that's what we got. And there were so much emotions. I was like... One minute thinking, Kush might leave fine, actually. Then he wouldn't. Then he would. And then, oh, no. And I'm still shocked by it now. And just, I don't think I'll ever get over, Kush. We miss you. Always. I don't know the theme. Still, still, still. Welcome to Match Game of Love, the Happily Ever Never edition. Because it's all about relationships, and most of your relationships that kind of don't work. Um, so, Emma, it's quite simple. I have created a few questions, a few little statements, and you just have to match my answers. And uh, if you get the majority of them right, well, you'll win big prizes. Oh. And there might also be a little twist added in here for our precious Kush. Oh. So look forward to that. Are you ready, Emma, to play the match game of love? I am ready. For love. Yes, I am. Am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, here's your first question, Emma. Kat had always dreamed of a romantic getaway. Where's her most desired vacation spot? Redwater. I mean, clothes, <laughs> but no cigar. <laughs> she's already been there. She's seen the sight. She's got the T-shirt. Uh, she's even got the head injury. Uh, <laughs> the the answer I gave was the Costa del Dreams. Ah. Uh... Now, here's your chance to make up for that, Emma. It's not all sunshine and sausage sandwiches. So what does Keegan do to spice up the bedroom activity? <laughs> Moisturise himself in, like, minutes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I 
outside, he covers himself in mayonnaise, maybe a couple of seasonings and spices, and lets himself marinate for approximately two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Isaac and Lola don't talk dirty. But what does Isaac talk to Lola about? I'll give you a hint if you want, Emma. Kathy complained about this. Does he talk to her about death? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> he talks about dead people and death all the time. Even mentioned Paul this week. <laughs> he really does always talk about death, actually. It is, it is. <laughs> if one is not your stan, one is whose stan? My stan. <laughs> Of course, he's master. <laughs> it's not easy maintaining a body like Cush's. Flipping heck. So what kind of exercise does it require to maintain that kind of body? A lot of running. A lot of running. He's always running from someone, whether it's the law, whether it's the Mitchells, running from responsibility, running from everyone. <laughs> That's how he did it. Correct. <laughs> Whitney's been down the aisle a few times so she must have the caterers on speed dial but what kind of food is she most eager to have on her special day takeaways of course (laughs) (laughs) it's takeaways (laughs) the proclaimer said they'd walk 500 miles but how far did Cush promise he'd run for Whitney (laughs) however far Dubai is (laughs) (laughs) correct he promised to run all the way to Dubai approximately 5,478 kilometres by air or 7,142 kilometres by driving (laughs) final question Zach was absolutely delighted when Wit asked him to make a cake for her full wedding but what horrific thing did Whitney do to him when he delivered a fairy cake instead of a wedding cake? She'll have put a cigarette out in his fairy cake. Correct! <laughs> and now he's traumatised for the rest of his life. Well done, Emma. You have just won a £50 voucher for Whitways, the takeaway <gasps> app that has the takeaway to repair all your life's problems. And to sweeten the pot, well, we've sorted you a year's membership to Butcher Baker Only Fans, where you can get a good look at Keegan's candlestick maker and his sandwiches, of course. This week's episode is sponsored by E20's Driverless Tubes. Has it always been a pain trying to get the driver to stop? Maybe you just want to run over an enemy or throw one in the way of a moving object. Well, have we got a solution for you? The unions may not like it, but here they come. Driverless trains of the future! 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 Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night!